0: Amen. I'm going to read a few verses from John's Gospel. John's Gospel, chapter three. John's Gospel, chapter three. I'm going to read just the first eight verses, and which really talks about the new birth, um, to be born again. We don't hear that phrase as often as perhaps we used to years ago. Um, Perhaps it was a bit overused a few years ago. Wow! I'm I'm born again, Um, and. became more of a label but it's a truth that we must revisit and it says here in John 3 verse 1 now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews this man came to Jesus by night and said to him rabbi we know that you are a teacher come from God for no one can do these signs that you do Unless God is with him, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And we'll stop there for a moment, and I'll read again to us this verse from Jeremiah chapter 13. That's the text, really, Jeremiah 13. And it's this, Can? it's a question, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots then also you can do good who are accustomed to do evil and the question here from the lord is that is it it is impossible for us to change ourselves it's not christianity is not a set of new year's resolutions and that next year i'll be a a good boy or I'll be a good girl and God will be pleased with me. I don't know how many times Matthew Jolly and I heard testimonies from people yesterday who were testifying how they come to know the Lord and other people recently we've interviewed uh, how they would come to know the Lord and they used to think that a Christian was someone who was was obeying everything that God said they had to do and the more they tried the harder it got until they realized that a Christian is drinking from the fountain of grace to realize that we cannot save ourselves. Can the Ethiopian change his skin? The answer is no. I've got to say, uh, in different countries in the world, about the chance to preach in, I've got a special love for Ethiopians. I just have warm, warm memories of preaching to Ethiopian uh, Christians. Uh, many Ethiopians have a beautiful golden skin. I don't know if you've ever met Ethiopians. And, um, but the Bible says here, you know, can the Ethiopian change his skin? The answer is no. There was an Ethiopian eunuch, remember? And he came to saving faith in Christ. And so an Ethiopian can't change his skin. Or it says, what about a leopard? Can a leopard change his spots? you think of a leopard in your mind right now, a leopard can't wake up one morning and say to itself, I'm going to be a lion instead and change. No, they can't change themselves. And so here is a very important verse for us. As we think about the new birth tonight, what Jesus said to Nicodemus. And Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you should know this. Because Ezekiel says that God would give you a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. There has to be a miraculous transformation by the Holy Spirit. A man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so um, there are three headings we're going to look at tonight, really thinking about John 3 and the new birth. Firstly, a comparison between the natural wind and the work of the Holy Spirit. Because that's exactly what Jesus says the Holy Spirit will be like. Secondly, the different operations of the Holy Spirit in this new birth. Not any person has an identical way that God has brought them to himself. Isn't that amazing? Um, One of the things I like about certain technology today is You can make it secure by your own fingerprint. And so people can't mess around with certain things, like with banks, unless they've got your fingerprint. I suppose they could cut your finger off. But, you know, generally speaking, it's a very secure way. We've all got unique fingerprints. But likewise, we're all unique if we're Christians because the Lord has brought us to Himself, unique to anybody else that has ever been alive. Isn't that a wonderful thing? The Creative variety of God, and then thirdly we 'll just see that salvation is a Trinitarian act of all three persons of of the Trinity so let 's take a look at what Jesus said about this: Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots the new birth? the comparison first of all in the first heading between the natural wind and the holy spirit well let 's just think about the wind for a moment is that The wind, it's true to say, is that both the wind and the Holy Spirit, they're both sovereign in their activities. Um, They are sovereign in their activities. You can't say to the wind, I want you to blow south now. If it's going to blow north, it's just going to blow north. It's sovereign in its activities. And so is with the work of the Holy Spirit. And the wind is mysterious in its operation. None of us really knows where it's exactly coming from and how. It's mysterious. And likewise, the working of the Holy Spirit is mysterious. God has promised to bless the preaching of his word through the church in particular. And so the Holy Spirit will be at work tonight. And also for people listening online. But you may not be able to see how that word is working. But work it will, and the Holy Spirit will work also. And isn't it true about the wind? Would you agree that no one control, can control the wind? No one can control the wind. No one can organize the wind. You know, I said to Maria last night, we were listening to the weather forecast, and, uh, and I said, it's amazing how many men and women make their living by plying their trade of weather forecasting, especially in this country. You know, the weather's on almost every five minutes on the TV and the radio. Uh, But no one can organize the wind. No one can plan it. No one can coordinate it. No one can control the direction of the wind or its intensity. And likewise, the same with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit could sweep through this nation tomorrow, or even today actually, never mind tomorrow, and save hundreds if not thousands of people. Do you believe that? Do you really believe it? Because church history tells us that has happened at certain times. On the day of Pentecost alone, 3,000 were saved in one day, John Calvin says, Why would we be so surprised that God would save so many people? He's Almighty God. Uh, the history of the church in just this little island alone tells us that there was probably about 100,000 people converted in the 1904 to 1906 Welsh revival. In the 1859 Ulster revival, which touched Scotland as well and America, thousands were converted. And so God's Holy Spirit could work powerfully and begin to work powerfully in this nation. Oh, well, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're, 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 we're ready for God's judgment in this country. Well, that might be true. It may not be true. God might be saying, I'm, I'm ready to bring a sweeping revival. And so we need to realize that a few letters I've got for the wind comparing with the Holy Spirit. Firstly, the, the wind of God is irresistible. You can't stop it. The wind is irresistible, and so is the working of the Holy Spirit. No one can stop tornadoes or hurricanes or even a gentle breeze. The wind is irregular. In fact, let me forego on to irregular, and it's about irresistible. When I was a young Christian, I was involved in a lot of mission work in Albania, And Albania used to have an atheistic dictator called Enver Hoxha. Enver Hoxha declared uh, Albania to be not a Christian nation, but an atheist nation, and he declared that God did not exist in Albania. And when the communists collapsed and the doors first opened, I was going into Albania with open doors and other groups... And meeting people whom God was converting during Ember Hodges' reign. And this person, I remember one woman said to me that nobody can stop God and say, You can't work here. Why? The wind is irresistible and so is Almighty God. Ir- the wind is irregular, would you agree? It's irregular. Sometimes you have a gentle breeze, and you can barely see. But you look up and you see a leaf on the tree just shimmering away. Um, But sometimes it's very powerful. And recently we had thunderstorms, didn't we? And um, sometimes it's very powerful and majestic. Also, the wind is invisible. Invisible. It's irresistible. It's irregular. It's invisible. And the wind is very different to other acts of nature. Snow, for example, that's not invisible. You know if it's snowing. Uh, Rain uh, and also lightning. But actually, there is an unseen work. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. It tells us this very clearly. It tells us in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And um, I'm trying to think that's the right verse I was going to focus on. Um, I don't think it is. The verse I was going to read was where it talks about uh, what's, what's unseen is eternal, and what's unseen is eternal, and the work of the Holy Spirit is invisible, invisible. The wind, just like the work of the Holy Spirit, is inscrutable. What does inscrutable mean? It means it cannot be explained. It cannot be explained. Matthew, Jolly, and I recently were talking uh, to a young man, uh, and he was explaining how God had been working in his life. And over the last couple of years, clearly God had given him an increased interest in listening to preaching. And the preaching had really been getting through. Clearly, God had opened up his heart. But you couldn't see that. It, was, it, was, it couldn't be explained either. But God's Spirit was at work. Also, another thing about the wind, and so the true of the Holy Spirit, is that the wind is invigorating. Would you agree? The wind is invigorating. We were on holiday recently, and it was quite humid the british call it muggy don't they it was quite muggy and uh, we just longed for some wind just to blow away this this humidity and so the wind is life-giving it, it brings freshness it brings refreshing and so does the work of the holy spirit and how we should pray for the working of the holy spirit in the church to be invigorated for lukewarmness to be blown away For a fresh blast of the life of God, and how we want that—we've got students beginning to come. There was someone here this morning. There's Zach who's about to start. We pray for other students to come. But how we want the Holy Spirit to blow through our universities, sweeping people to get to know Christ and to get themselves planted in churches. Let's pray for the invigorating work of the Holy Spirit. In fact, if before I go any further. Let me pray for that right now. Heavenly Father, would you send the work of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, into our universities that there would be an invigorating work bringing life, sweeping hundreds of students into the kingdom of God, including Sheffield University. Please hear us from heaven, Lord, and invigorate your church in the process as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, so we see about the comparison between the wind and the work of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, let's think about some of the different operations of the Spirit when people are, what Jesus said, born of the Spirit. This is important for us to see these different ways because the devil likes to come along and say, well, you're not like a real Christian because your experience is not the same as this other person. And what we see is that the work of the Holy Spirit is Is multifaceted, it's various. What's important is that there are fruits that begin to come up. Uh, By their fruits you shall know them, Jesus said. But let's just think about an example, um, first of all, of conversions of the Gadarene demoniac. Remember him in Mark's Gospel, Chapter 5. He was a man who was enslaved, he was absolutely... To say he was that the end of himself is perhaps an understatement until Jesus came onto the scene and in Mark's Gospel chapter 5 and verse 18 it says, just a moment, I'm in Luke, Mark's Gospel chapter 5 and verse 18 <clears throat> it says this, it says and when Jesus was getting into the boat the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him but he did not permit him but said to him go home to your friends and tell them how much the lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you there was this gadarene demoniac who was just absolutely dare i say deranged jesus delivered him from the demons he became completely sensible and he wanted to follow Jesus. He wanted to be part of the team. But in this case, Jesus said no. He was healed. And, and then the Lord said, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy upon you. How about you? Do you seek to tell others about Jesus? Because this man was encouraged to do that. Let's pray that we'd have opportunities to tell people at work or family members, that God would give us open doors. But what a dramatic conversion of this Gadarene demoniac. Is that now how we'd expect everyone would be saved? I could go now to the Apostle Paul and see how he was riding to Damascus, filled with fury and anger, and I was thrown down from his donkey, and Jesus met with him. But no, let's think of Lydia, someone else, for a moment, to see the variety of the operations of the Holy Spirit. And Paul came to a place called Philippi, and there it says, in Acts chapter 16 and verse 14, it says, One who heard us, that was Paul, one who heard us was a woman named Lydia, from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God, The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. What a beautiful conversion description. What a beautiful working of the Holy Spirit. That she had her heart opened by the Spirit of God to pay attention to what Paul said. And then she began to practice hospitality and all different things and became a pillar in the church. And maybe that describes more you tonight, that God has simply opened up your heart. I don't know how many times Matthew Jolly and I heard yesterday from people, I'm not sure if I can really tell you the, the time or the date I was converted. I don't seem to have that kind of experience. We said, that's okay. What's more important is as God opened up your heart, like Lydia, what about Thomas? I don't think I don't like this nickname. Sometimes people call him Doubting Thomas, but I like to call him Faithful Thomas. But remember, he missed church that night on the Lord's Day, and he was uh, kicking himself a little bit. And he said, "Unless I see the nail prints in his hands and so forth, I'm, I'm not going to believe." He needed to personally experience Jesus Himself, and. The following evening, uh, that's the Lord's day, the Lord appeared to the disciples and, and Thomas on this occasion was, was with the other disciples. And in John 20, in verse 26, eight days later, the disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Imagine that. Jesus can walk through locked doors as the risen christ and he said to them peace be with you what a pastoral word that is peace be with you what would we expect the resurrected son of god to say if he was here tonight peace be with you and then he said to thomas he singles thomas out and he says to him thomas put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand in the place in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. What does it tell us? Is that Jesus then and now, he sees and hears everything. He sees and hears everything. And what does it say in verse 28? Thomas answered him, my Lord my god who am i preaching tonight i'm preaching jesus christ who is my lord and my god can you say jesus christ is my lord and my god what a beautiful profession of faith thomas made of christ but how different these people are the Gadarene demoniac lydia thomas two last ones The day of Pentecost, remember, there were 3,000 who were converted. And Peter preaches, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And around 3,000 are added to the church. That's not an individual. There were individuals there, but the Holy Spirit worked in a powerful way, sweeping in large numbers into the kingdom of God. God could do that. And God would take care of the pastoring of the flock because he's a God of order and peace. We should pray for that. And one other thing in Acts chapter 13 and 48. Acts 13 and 48. Let me just turn there for a moment. Acts 13 and 48. This is probably the verse that helps us to interpret the whole book of Acts. Or maybe we might even say the whole Bible. Acts thirteen forty eight. It says, And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life, believed. And as many as were appointed to eternal life, believed. Have you thought, well, why am I saved? Why are my next door neighbors not saved? Why are my relatives not saved? As many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Well, why me? As many as were appointed to eternal life believed. God will bring in every one of his sheep that he has appointed to be in the kingdom of God. Not one of them will be lost. Well, closing tonight is that, is that our salvation is Trinitarian. All three persons of the Godhead have been involved in bringing you to the son of god doesn't that make us worship god it says in ephesians 1 4 to 5 it says it's the father who chose those who would be saved to be in christ before the foundation of the world the father sent the son of god to be a propitiatory sacrifice to shed his blood on the cross To pay the price, the ransom price of salvation for everyone who will be saved. But I've got to say, in my kind of circles, we tend to stop there. And we mustn't stop there. Because we must also remember that then the Holy Spirit is the one who works in regeneration. And we must talk much about the work of the Holy Spirit. What are some of the phrases, as we come to a close tonight, that are used in the Word of God? Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Only if somebody is born again can they be changed. And as we close tonight, here are some different uh, terms for this Trinitarian salvation. 1 John 5 4 calls it to be born of God. Have you been born of God? Imagine that it's God who gives this new birth. In Acts three nineteen, it calls it something else. This miraculous work, it talks about being converted to be turned from darkness to light. Acts three nineteen. In two Corinthians chapter five and verse seventeen, this same miraculous work that changes people is called a new creation used to know a song about that you know i am a new creation anybody know that song probably some do probably some don't in titus 3 and verse 5 this same miracle is called regeneration titus 3 verse 5 ezekiel 36 26 it calls this miraculous work to be given a new heart instead of a heart of stone Listen to this one, John 5, 24. If you're in Christ, it says that you have passed from death to life. You've passed from death to life. So we don't need to fear death. I know obviously it's easier to say that, but we often do fear death. But if we have been born again, we've passed from death to life. John 5, 24. John 5, 21, it likens this new birth to a spiritual resurrection. And finally, well, finally it's not the only one, but in Ephesians 2, verse 4, if we've been born again, it's called to be made alive in Christ. And so therefore, if someone is made alive in Christ, there should be the life of God. As we come to a close tonight, I've often said this, if someone is excited about Jesus, it's hard to hide it. It's hard to hide it. Let's pray for the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives tonight, that we would be full of the invigorating life of God. Shall I pray that for us before we sing the closing hymn 539 in a moment. Let's pray for that. Father, thank you for each person who's here tonight, and we pray for the invigorating life and irresistible and inscrutable working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We pray that you would invigorate us and give us a fresh hunger for the pages of Holy Scripture, to know the truths of Scripture. We thank you for young Joshua who is here tonight. And we pray that you'd really strengthen him. We thank you. He's only 17, and we thank you that he's found his way to the house of the Lord again tonight. And we pray for your blessing upon him. Father in heaven, we pray for your blessing upon Zach as he gets baptized in the near future. We pray you would plant him in the house of the Lord. We thank you for dorina, and we pray you'd give her strength and health and wisdom in everything she faces. And we thank you for, um, <coughs> for Rivka passing her driving test. And we pray you would keep us safe on the roads. And we thank you for Adam. We pray for his work that you'd get the right project for him. And pray that Adam and Rivka could really serve you in the church here. Oh Lord, we pray. We thank you for Valerie. Um, Lord, I don't know the latest update and her family members, but we do pray that family members around her would come to know Christ as you brought Valerie to Christ. May her life be a sweet fragrance for the gospel. We thank you for Agrippa tonight. We pray not only for him, but also for Zimbabwe, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon that nation and cause there to be a rich doctrinal recovery. And thank you for Maria, Lord, a delightful Christian lady. And may, even this week, may the scriptures be real rich nourishment for her. We also pray for Adam's mum, for Joanne, who's recently uh, had some medical procedures. We pray that it would go well and she would fully recover. Please hear us from heaven, Lord, and do more than we can ask or imagine. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.